Welcome to the Watchman Newscast and welcome to Northern Israel. I'm here all week on Watchman Productions and we are joined today by our good friend, Elliot Chodoff, IDF Reserve Major, National Security Strategic Political Analyst and Guru with us today. We always love to call on you, Elliot, when things are moving in the world. And man, the big breaking news today, a Russian incursion, I guess you would say, into Eastern Ukraine. Where are we at right now? What does this mean? The Russians are rolling. It, it, Eric, to be honest, it's happening literally as we speak. So it's really hard to say. Even the Ukrainians aren't sure what's happening. Yeah. Uh, but it's clear that Russian tanks have moved into the separatist areas that they've recognized as independent. The uh, Russian government announced today that they don't recognize Ukraine as an independent country. Uh, it's Things are literally happening and Russian tanks are on the move. Where yeah. will they stop? That's, that's the question. That is the big question. We also, as Elliot and I were sitting here talking about the Middle East, we're focused on Russia as well. And Elliot pointed out, hey, Germany is apparently killing that Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Yes. A big deal. What are the ramifications there? Well, immediately it hurts Russia. Uh, let's keep in mind that Germany and Russia historically are not the best of friends, to say the least. They've got a history. Oh, yeah. Uh, but for Israel, it means the possibility, perhaps, of sale of gas to Europe, to Germany. Israel, Israeli natural gas. Israeli natural gas, the offshore gas. Break line. that down a bit more for us, for everyone at home to know that Israel... We, are, we have become, over the past few years, a, an energy super, superpower, essentially. Massive natural gas fields that we're developing. Uh, Again, it's one of those still wait and see because it's more potential at the moment than, than reality. Yeah. Uh, but the Turks, who also have come out against Russia, interestingly, have been, have been talking again, centuries old enemies, have been talking to us about the possibility, perhaps, of a joint venture of marketing gas in Europe. So these are all things that are, wow. are literally breaking as we speak. Uh, but on that level, a tremendous amount of potential for Israel. We're going to get to Hezbollah and some things happening here in northern Israel in a minute. But staying on the Russia track, how does Russia react if, okay, Nord Stream pipeline is killed and all of a sudden Europe turns to Israel for its natural gas? What's the Russian reaction? It hurts Russia, but there isn't a lot that Putin can do about it that he's not already doing. In other words, first of all, I would be very surprised if he hadn't taken it at least somewhat into account in what he's doing. Uh, I believe that his move in the Ukraine is a power move that has a lot less to do with Ukraine as Ukraine and more to do with his connecting to his naval base in, in Sevastopol in Crimea, uh, his ability to get into the Eastern Mediterranean. His, his long-term sort of out there adversary is the United States of America, not Ukraine, not Germany. And he's maneuvering to get into position to be able to gain advantages. And the Eastern Mediterranean is one of those places. Yeah, when you mentioned the Eastern Mediterranean, Elliot, just last week, Russia conducted a major naval drill there yes. uh, at Israel's doorstep, of course, and, and Israel carrying out airstrikes against Iran inside Syria. Russia, maybe none too pleased, at least making noise about that as of late. Where do you think the Russia-Israel relationship is headed? Do you think there could be some rough waters ahead? I think diplomatically, yes. I think we're already on, on the verge of that. Uh, look, Russia, Russia doesn't see Israel as a friend, but not necessarily as an automatic adversary. Okay, we're not in the Soviet 
period anymore. Okay, the, the, Putin is acting cold, calculated, strategic, not ideological. So that's an important thing to keep in mind. Having said that, Israel is cle clearly an ally or even more a friend of the United States. And that puts us in a position to be the great spoiler for the Russians. Now remember, the Russians have naval and air presence in Syria. Uh, not because of Syria, because of the Mediterranean. In other words, they're there because it provides them with bases yeah. on, the Med on the Eastern Mediterranean. We are and have always been considered the America's unsinkable aircraft carrier in the Eastern Mediterranean. And the Russians know it and they've known it for decades, going back to the Cold War. So we're, we're a bone in their throat as far as that concern, especially, and here, take a scenario. America has X number of carrier task forces at sea, much more than the Russians could handle on a global basis. But a little bit of mischief in the Pacific, a little bit of mischief in the Persian Gulf. They pull a carrier out of the Mediterranean. All of a sudden, Russia is on a par in that specific part of the world yeah. here. So yeah. Israel's a problem for them. As Putin flexes his muscle and wants to clearly, you know, show Russia as a superpower on the world stage yes. again, seems to have Soviet-era ambitions uh, in that sense. I would say Russia ambitions. Soviet was one period, but remember sure. the Russian Empire prior to yes, that. Yes, the Tsars, of course. Okay, so it's not like Russia woke up just under communism, yeah. and I think that's also important to realize because yeah. nobody today is old enough to remember Tsarist <laughs> Russia. Uh, but many of us remember Soviet Russia. Yeah. But Russia is Russia is Russia, with its with its aspirations, with its mm -hmm. sort of global reach ideas. Uh, and Putin is operating that way. And it's not a surprise. It's it's not a secret. Yeah. He said outright that you know the fall of the Soviet Union was the greatest catastrophe of the 20th century. It's quite a statement. Well, from the Russian perspective, I can see where he where it comes from. Yeah. Otherwise, I I can't say that for, as a Russian he's wrong. Right. And former KGB man, of course. That's right. Colonel. Um, Colonel, yes. Bringing it back here to the region even deeper with Hezbollah. And by the way, folks, if you see us swatting some bugs, it almost feels like springtime it here is, in Israel. Things is. are starting to bloom here in northern including Israel in late February, including mosquitoes. And if you see the sun beating on me. Uh, but Hezbollah, you follow this very closely, obviously, Elliot. Yes some incursions recently along the northern border, yes. Hezbollah drones. drones right. Tell us about that. So last week there were two, two that were announced, let's put it that way. One that we shot down, one unfortunately came in, traveled around for about 20 minutes inside of Israel and then got back out again. Yeah. Uh, Hezbollah's pushing, it's probing, it's poking. Yeah. Uh, it's doing it at just a low enough level not to elicit a strong response from Israel because they don't want that but you know just that poke yeah and part of it is for their own propaganda purposes and especially the one that managed to get back and survive a great victory as far as they're concerned yeah. now was it a great victory no but you know what when you have nothing else it becomes a great victory and they're making propaganda hay out of that for sure um, the fact is, we didn't shoot it down, and that also has has its own implications, ramifications. And Iron Dome has a ninety percent success rate against rockets. Against rockets, drones are drones a different are a whole, beast. That's yeah, right. and there, I think that I'm not Air Force, and I'm not here. I I can make educated guesses, 
there, there's an attempt to shift the Iron Dome uh, against drones. It's going to take a while, just at yeah. any time you stretch a technology into another place. So I think we're seeing some of that as well. But we also have to keep in mind that Hezbollah, Iran, and the other mischief makers in the world are taking advantage of the Ukraine crisis, as well as a perception that the United States is weak. Where would they get that perception? Maybe, I don't know, Afghanistan, Maybe, Ukraine, yeah, the Iran deal, which yes. we're about to have once again. Yes. Elliot, Worse that's a theme. Worse than the last one. That's a theme we've been hitting here on the newscast for some time now. How the leader of the free world is essentially MIA right now, and when we're away, the bad guys will play. That's exactly what's happening. Yes. And here, here, I think, first of all, it's important to understand America is overstretched. And it's been overstretched for a long time. And here, this isn't about blame. Uh, yeah. America cut its military forces in the 90s after the Cold War. It wants to stay in position as the superpower with less and less force all the time. It doesn't work that way. And so that's a reality. Now, it's true. America's enemies of the 90s and 2000 were weaker than the Warsaw Pact. But they're building up again. And there are new ones. China is a whole new player that yeah. wasn't there 20 years ago as as what it is today. Yeah. With it, as I said, mischief makers, North Korea, Iran, Russia, of course, coming into its own as, as it's under Putin, as a new superpower wannabe, and certainly starting with, with Europe. America has to look at this and decide, does it, wa does it want to be the superpower? If it doesn't, we're going to see a breakdown of, of the world order. Afghanistan, without getting into whether pulling out was a good idea or a bad idea, yeah. because that's a whole yes. subject in and of itself, the way it was done was disastrous. Debacle. Okay. Fiasco. And the result of that is the perception of a bumbling America. Now, even if America isn't bumbling, perception counts. Oh, yeah. Because decisions are made based on what you perceive. That's your reality. So if Putin or... Khamenei or anybody else out there looks and says, you know what, the Americans just aren't up to it. They can make that move. And I think it's important to understand we don't want, we, the world, doesn't want them to make that move because it will be costly even if they're wrong. <laughs> and as we discussed earlier, the great example of that is the tremendous error the Japanese made on December 7, 1941 when they attacked Pearl Harbor. Yeah. It was a huge mistake which they learned four years down the road when nuclear weapons were dropping on their cities. That's right. But how many Americans died to pay for the Japanese mistake? And that, I think, is, is a critical point that's lost in much of the discussion. It's not about winning and losing. It's also about what you pay along the way. Yeah. And if you want to convince your adversaries, real and potential, not to start up, you have to show strength. You have to convince them from the outset that they're going to lose and they're going to pay heavy price and simply making it as a statement from the white house doesn't impress anybody yeah. well that's the exact opposite of what's happening right now in vienna it seems where the united states is making unilateral concessions to the iranian regime we're standing here in northern israel right now not that far from the lebanon border where hezbollah lives and breathes the most lethal iranian proxy as we were discussing but with that iran deal elliot Give us an Israeli perspective. Say this deal goes down again, even worse than the first one. 
What's the Israeli perspective on it? First of all, the worst thing about the deal is that it solidifies for the Iranians to be able to do what they're already doing and they've been doing and gives them permission to do it. It provides them with billions of dollars, which incidentally is not going to go to the nuclear program. It's going to go to Hezbollah, to the Houthis, and to all the other troublemakers that are working for them around the region. The, the nuclear program is budgeted. They're going to continue cheating as they have always cheated, but now they'll be able to do it under the sort of under the framework of, hey, we've got a deal. Yeah. And indicative of it all is that with all the offers that have been made, the Iranians are still holding out for more. And what they're holding out for is very interesting. They want the Islamic Revolutionary Guards to be taken off the terrorism list and stop being sanctioned. They want all of the findings of the International Atomic Energy Authority that they've cheated up until now to be thrown out. In other words, they're not looking for material in the, in the simple sense. They're looking for recognition that gives them more cover and more coverage to continue doing what they're doing. And they're not giving anything. There's nothing for them to give. <laughs> I hate to laugh, but as, a, as an American, from an American perspective, it's, it's madness. All I can do is laugh or I'll be crying here on camera. It's, it's such a the, insane deal. The tragedy deal. of the West in all of this, whether it's with Russia, Iran, China, North Korea, is to actually believe that when they sign a document, they mean it. Yes. Here's the good news in all this. Elliot Chodoff is coming to America very soon. You've got a speaking tour coming up. What can you tell us? How can you uh, let Watchmen know, viewers know where we can find your work and what's coming? Okay, so first of all, I'm, there are two things. One is I'll be coming to the States for a couple of weeks. And also now that Israel has opened to tourism, to vaccinated and unvaccinated. And unvaccinated. I'm, I'm involved in a group bringing groups to Israel, facilitating bringing groups to Israel. So people who want to come under our auspices, yeah. uh, they can contact me. Yeah, we have the information right here on your screen. Everyone at home can see the information. Reach out to Elliot, not only to book you for speaking in the United States, but to come here on a tour with Elliot, yes. a tour like none other. I can assure you, I've been on them Thank with you. Elliot. No one better. Hey, my friend, thanks so much for breaking down all the complex events in the world and why it matters to everyone watching. Elliot Chodoff, always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it. And until next time, you know what to do. Never hold your peace.